You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast. I am Jim Coppinger, one of the owners of Zentech Consultants, and with me, as always today, is my business partner and the smart half of our partnership, Rocco Parisi. Hello. Hey, Rocco. How you doing today? Oh, just ducky yourself? Yeah, you know what? I'm still alive. I'm on the right side of the grass, so I'm going to take that as a, as, as a good sign, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? One of these days, I'll be on the wrong side, and then you can ask me how I'm doing then. That'll be much more interesting. And if I respond, oh, if I respond, you should run. Uh, that's just creepy undead rising kind of things. Nobody needs that in their life. Okay. So, uh, all right. So today our topic is uh, layers, 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 and you know more layers. And I even heard we might even talk about layers while we're going at it. So when you when you get into talking about layers in the CAD world, uh, there are really few things in the entire CAD world that are as likely to spawn stress, fear arguments as discussing layers and layer standards. Every company on the planet, they have their own layer standards, which obviously if it's, if it's yours, it's got to be the correct one, right? You know, you know, it's everybody else's are wrong. It's only yours that are correct. Doesn't matter who you are. Yours are always correct. Um, and the truth is that, you know, a lot of people have spent decades developing their, their CAD and layer standards. So anytime you want to have a discussion of changing those, it is certain to spark some pretty intense debates. I have literally in my career been involved in, in you know, five, six hour scream fests over layer standards in the CAD world. Designers and, and CAD folks really get very proprietary about setting up their layer standards and working with them. Um, so when it comes to this discussion, there really are two major topics when it comes to talking about layering. Uh, the, the first one is the layer standard itself, and, and you kind of have to have the discussion as to whether or not your company is going to work with its own custom-built layer structure, which a lot of folks do, uh, or whether or not you're going to move to something like the National CAD standard structure. Uh, and the difference between the two is is that you know when you're using your own custom-based layer structure, for a lot of us, they're, they're common-sense layer names that we developed way back in the in the late 80s, early 90s as a company, and we stuck with them over the years. We know them, we're comfortable with them, but they were developed for older software, right? Uh, the National CAD standard or the NCS system, um, it was developed as a standard platform that allows you to integrate and collaborate much more easily with other companies. And it also allows for people who are moving from company to company to, to be able to understand the layer system as they come into your specific industry or your specific firm. And I think one of the things that, that's commonly misunderstood about the NCS is that it's not a fully developed set of layers. It's a standard. Right? It has a, a standardized naming structure for your layer names. That's really all it does. It gives you a, a, a consistent way, a repeatable way of naming all your layers so that 
like I said, whether you got people working in your company or, or you're collaborating with other architects, other engineers, other manufacturing firms, they can easily import and find and, and segregate and filter down on your layers and figure out what design information is what. All right, so that's the first thing you kind of have to consider, right? Which way you want to go with that. And the second thing really comes down to probably the most heated debate, and it really comes down to plot styles because plotting and layers go hand in hand. Your printed output for anything in the CAD world is, is based on your plot style. And, and there are two basic structures. Uh, and this is true whether you're working in uh, you know the Autodesk environment, if you're doing a different system like BricsCAD. They, they're, they're all the same. You're, you're dealing with either the STB, which is, STB, excuse me, which is a style-dependent table, or a CTB, which is a color-dependent table. And kind of bringing it down to its most basic form. Uh, Color-dependent tables have been around since the very first release of, of CAD. Um, and it maps your line weights, your printed line weights on your paper, how thick the lines print, to a color. Right? In some companies, you know, uh, red comes out as a really, really thick, heavy line. And in other companies, red is a really, really super thin line. Right? That's when you're dealing with your own kind of custom-based structure. Uh, the other way that you can do it is more recent, though it has been around for over a decade now, is the STB, which is the style table. And the style tables, what that does is it maps your pen weight directly to your layer name. So in other words, you can go in, instead of having to map to color, you can go in and just say, look, any proposed building has to be plotted with a thick, heavy line. It's on the proposed building layer. Right? Or if you're doing, you know, uh, grid center lines on, on a column structure on an architectural plan, you can say that the grid center lines all have to be real fine, thin, gray lines, right? It doesn't matter at that point what color you're using. What you're doing is, is just mapping a line weight to a layer, which in the end, of the, it seems to make a good bit more sense, right? Because when you're, you know, most people working in our industries, whether they're architects or engineers, whether they're civil, mechanical, structural, we know the things on our plans that have to be bold, that pop out and the things that have to be kind of, you know, scaled back and dropped out and half-toned. So that's kind of the difference between the STB and the CTB file. So those are your, your primary discussions you're going to need to have when you're dealing with layers and layer standards in your company. Okay, Rocco. So there, there, there's my, my intro lecture on layers and, and concepts of layers. Um, so as a non-CAD geek like I am, uh, do you understand anything that I just said? And, and really, the reason I ask is I wonder if, if that's part of the overall issue when it comes to dealing with, with layer standards and layer structures. Uh, does management and ownership in the AEC manufacturing world, do they not really understand what layers are and how important they are to daily work? Um, you know, or is it just you know tech dorks like me, we do just such a crappy job of explaining it that they just turn off and don't care? What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of funny, Jim, because I wasn't even listening to the half of what you just said. I well, just, you mean so was it was like a normal someone. day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Listen, at least you're my partner. You're the half. I'm married. I, she, my wife listens to nothing I say. So I'll take the half and consider it a win. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think it depends on, on, on the size of the firm. And I say that a lot to, to – I, I say that often to a lot of the questions that you ask. But I think it's it, it comes down to how involved um, – principals and owners are with firms and and how large the firms are i think once the firms get 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 larger i don't i don't think that they truly understand that that value uh or or what it even 
if it means. And, and, and I don't, I've been around for, for a long time, um, you know, again, on, on, on the sales and, and marketing end, and, and this kind of language doesn't even really come up that often. So it's kind of like, it's a topic that's that's more more internal. And that kind of raises a question for, for you that just popped to mind. Why hasn't there, and I guess it's, I, I always make things easier than it is, but why hasn't there been developed like a, a more of a standard? I mean, you have a, in, in measurement, you have metric and, and standard, right? Why hasn't there been kind of a, a standard developed that's used throughout engineering? Right, and that, that's really what that National CAD standard system is really meant to do. Of course, like anything else, right? It's an independent agency, um, and and you have to get wide-based adoption, which is kind of why we're having this conversation today, where I thought this was a, you know, a topic worth getting into today. Because I really am a big fan of that concept for exactly that reason. When you've got a, an industry standard, everybody's on it. It makes it very easy to, to transfer drawing files back and forth from the architect to the engineer to the owner to the construction company back to the architect. You're using a consistent naming and structure uh, for your layers that you can work with. And, and, and the way that the National CAD standard actually works is that it really, like I said, it's not a predefined set of layers, which is a common misconception about it. People think that, oh, I'm going to download a list of 8,000 layers and I have to use those. That's not what the, the, the NCS does. Right? And let's be very clear. We're, we're in no way associated with the NCS. And, and I know that the NCS does actually sell some predefined sets of layers like that. But the, the, the NCS itself is a standard and it structures it kind of like you said, in dealing with like standard scales and sizes in the imperial metric space, it, it structures it and it, it lets you build your layers the way that you need them. But the key is that you're developing them in a standardized naming format. In other words, every layer starts with a, uh, an industry descriptor. In other words, if they're architectural layers, you're doing architectural work, every layer you create is going to start with the letter A followed by a dash. So that I can filter and say, show me all the architectural layers. If you're doing civil work, all of the, the work that you're going to do, all of your layers start with the letter C, dash. Right? Structural, S, dash. Survey gets V, dash. Because, you know, the structural, those structural guys stole the S from us surveyors, which really annoys me, by the way, coming from the civil world. But, you know, they're, they're, they were here first. Um, but, yeah, so it, it, it lets you filter those down and break them down, right? So it's easy to do. And then what you do is you follow it up. After that dash, so for example, if, if I'm going in and I'm going to draw, I'm working in the civil world and I want to create a layer to show my storm piping, right, my storm drainage, I create a layer called C-STRM for storm, right, the standard code is it's four letters for each section, so it's civil-storm, S-T-R-M, dash pipe, P-I-P-E, right, Dash and I and after that you can kind of, you know, you, you can customize these and, and get them to whatever you need. You can put as many segments of four letters as you want. I try to keep it to three. I think beyond that the layer names get a little bit long, but I very commonly go through and I'll put in a dash uh, G E O M for you know, for geometry. So the actual line work is on the C storm pipe geometry layer. Right? Then I'll go in and if I'm drawing uh, the text, right, the callouts for the 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 pipe, you know, the size and the length and and the slope angle. I'll go in and I'll create a layer called C-storm-pipe-text. Right? And like I said, it lets you not only go in and lump all the civil work together, I can go a step beyond that and lump all the civil storm work together 
Then I can go a step beyond that and lump all the civil storm pipe work together, right? Which allows me easy access, quick access, and I can build layer filters and standards and so on. And 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 you know, to kind of answer your question, that's what the the CAD standard is trying to do, right? And it's just about a question of you know whether or not people want to look at it and adopt it. And it, on the tech side, I do see that there is a resistance to it, um, and I think part of that issue is is people are really concerned about the time that's involved in redoing your layer standard, both in, in initial development, if you don't really have a well-developed set of, of layer standards now, and any large-scale change to your current layering system. And I think the, you know, the big part of that is, you know, we all struggle in the CAD world about making sure that our files are printing and displaying correctly, whether we're doing PDFs or hard copy prints, because layers are what control that. Now, when people go in and they're working, they need to turn layers on and off as they're designing different things, right? They have to freeze some, change the layer color on some, they have to, you know, turn some off. And the problem is, invariably, some of those get pulled off the standard. So if on this particular plan, my piping layer is supposed to be turned on, well, I needed to turn it off to see what I was doing behind that pipe, and I forgot to turn it back on. Now, when I print and I send this out to be built, there's no pipes <laughs> showing on our plans. And that's where, you know, once people get to a point where like, look, our layers and our standards are built, they don't want to introduce any more additional potential for error on that. We, we all suffer enough with that, right? That leads to a lot of, you know, lost time. It can aggravate clients who, you know, uh, get annoyed saying you you keep sending me drawings that are incomplete and don't have all the information and then the clients wind up leaving. It, it's a long-term issue. And I think that, you know, the discussion of altering what, at least at this point, you've spent the last you know decade or two you know working in your company to make it reasonable and functional to tell people, hey, let's look at something different like the National CAD standard. They freak out a little bit. They don't want to have to go back and, and reinvent the wheel, so to speak. So I think that's the concern there. So why hasn't it why hasn't it been forced? Like why why isn't there uh, throughout engineering? Why do you think it hasn't been? Uh... Been really pushed as a standard. It, it, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, right? How, how do we force it? I mean, you know, uh, other than putting you in charge of it, and you can start beating people like you beat me on a regular <laughs> basis. Um, yeah, there, there really is no way. Each company is is an island unto itself, right? And that's why I asked you the question, you know, about how are the you know the senior management people really responding to this? Um, and the thing is, that they don't even know about it. Right? And that's kind of the problem. So the only people who could really enforce it are those senior level managers, right? You know, the 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 owners, the the C level people, they can enforce this and say, look, this makes good business sense, and it really does. And they can enforce it, and they can they can drive those changes within their own company. But like I said earlier, the the issue we're having here is that they're just not engaged in the CAD world. They they have enough on their own plate in terms of running the business, getting new business in, dealing with clients, overseeing projects. It's very difficult to get them on board in a conversation like we're having here to talk about a subject that's just not something they're really familiar with. They're really not even certain what layers are a lot of them, or they have some vague notion of them being a, a minor thing in the CAD world that doesn't really have any impact on the job. And that that's not at all the case, right? They can actually have an extreme impact on your job in terms of cost and duration and, and you know how long it takes to get things done and how accurate the information you're transmitting out to the field really is. It's it's kind of like, you know, looking at a building and saying, ah, 
the footings don't matter because I can't really see them. They're underground. Layers are like the footing of, of your whole design. And if they're not consistent, if they're not structured well and ready to go, you're in a lot of trouble across your entire project. Right? So I think that's the issue. So even at a municipality level, for example, if you're if you're working with the, I don't know, the Newark Port Authority, for example, or or, or again at a municipality level, um, they they can't force an individual firm to use the the NCS. They they can and they do, and it's becoming more and more of a thing, right? And you actually will find that companies who are doing more government work, or DOT work, or working with the Department of Defense. Right? Or people, even even in the manufacturing space, a lot of our clients who are providing, um, you know, design information to the GBA, the Government Business Association, and, and so on, the procurement offices of the government, the government-based agencies do have standards in place. And for years, it was the same issue. Each agency developed its own standards. Uh, but what has been happening kind of from the federal level down, and it's now actually propagating to most states, uh, they're all defaulting to the NCS. So I, I do think that this is the way the entire industry is going. It's just a question of how long it takes before they get there. I think the mm-hmm. variance in the local customization is, is more for you know uh, smaller firms who are dealing with their own residential you know, private work. But anybody who gets out into that government-based, you know, municipal-based project, more and more you're seeing that the government agencies themselves are requiring their deliverables. If you're doing work for the, you know, the New Jersey Department of Transit, you better have that in the NCS format. Otherwise, they're not going to accept your drawings. And they'll actually drop you from their bidders list if you don't have it in the correct standard layering format for what they're looking to do. So it, it is coming. It, it is being driven from the top down, so to speak. Um, but like I said, there's still a lot of folks out there who are very hesitant about it. And they're like, you know, we've we've got this wonderful system that we put in place back in, you know, 1994. And it works perfectly. And all of our standards are built. And all of our templates are built around it. And we're not changing it. Eventually, the industry is going to drive them to change it. And my thought is that it's probably a better idea uh, to get out in front of that. Right? And not be forced to make it, you know, pell-mell at the last minute in order to meet your, you know, client's requirements, right? Because that's the kind of thing that can lead to a mess, slowdowns on project deliverables, and really wind up losing you those clients. It's, it's always better to plan for that sort of thing in advance and, and work it today rather than when you're, you're forced into it, right? Um, and, and when you're, you know, I think when people are, are considering that, I think there are, there are a few basic things that they should really consider that do make the change worthwhile for them beyond just, you know, Jim and Rocco said so, which I think should be sufficient. Um, I think at this point, our word should basically control the world. But apparently I'm the only one who thinks that. So, <laughs> listen, even even you don't like that idea, huh? Um, yeah, I don't think they'll listen, Jim. Nah, I think you'd be fine if it was your word controlling the world. It's me exactly. having the input that scares you. I get it. And <laughs> it kind of scares me a little bit too, to be honest. Um, listen, we all know that I am just a font of the dumbest ideas. Um, listen, I tried to convince Rocco last week that we should start selling, you know, rocket-propelled roller skates like Wiley Coyote uses, <laughs> and he thinks it's a bad idea. I think it'd be awesome. Put little Zantec logos on the side of the skates. It'd be a great advertising thing, but... All right, we'll move on. Uh, so, so getting back to the layering standards, 
Um, the things that, that you really do need to consider, like I said, number one, you're changing to a system like the National CAD standard. That's a huge benefit for you as a company in terms of, uh, number one, onboarding. When you're bringing in new people from other companies, you're hiring new CAD users, new designers. When everybody's working on the NCS, they are able to come into your company and just pick up and work with the standard layering structure without any problem. It reduces a lot of the overhead and downtime in training new people. Um, it also gives you the ability to provide consistent display and, and collaboration across multiple companies. And more and more, our industry is moving to the design build model. We're, we're getting away from the old, you know, design bid build. Uh, we're really getting to the design build where it's all collaborative, right? The, the architects and, the, and the, the contractors and the owners and the engineers are all working together from day one of the design. And in order to make that happen, particularly, you know, as you're getting into more of the advanced, you know, 3D modeling and so on, layer control and layer structures are, are very important, right? So that it's consistent along every design. Um, the other things that are really huge for you is, is a, a solid set of layering standards lets you build layer states. And, and what layer states are, like I said before, one of the issues you'll run into is, is people turn layers on and off. They change colors. They change line types. They mess with things. And they have to while they're doing their, their design work. They have to look at different things. And that can impact your final printed output. But with a good solid layer state built, uh, you can easily create, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, a, a layer standard built. You can build a layer state, which is a saved default structure. In other words, you can let people go in and, and change everything, turn off everything, make everything green, make everything a hidden two line type, do whatever changes, modifications they need in their drawing. And then before you print, you just set the layer state back to the correct, you know, I usually build the layer state in templates called a, you know, default plotting state for that type of drawing. And they click that button and all your layers, all your colors, all your line types, everything goes back to the way it needs to be for, for printing. So a good set of layers will, will save you a dramatic amount of time there. And the other thing that you can do with it with a good system like the NCS is it lets you build layer filters. Right? And that really means that people are able to go in and they can limit the list of layers they see on screen to the type of work they're doing. So in other words, if you're going in and you're, you're doing uh, an architectural plan and you're doing wall layout, you're doing your initial design, you can just with, with, a, with a preset layer filter say, look, just show me all the architectural wall layers. So you'll have the layers for the walls, half walls, gypsum board walls, concrete walls, and that's it. You'll have five or six layers to work with. Makes it really easy from a design standpoint. It really ups their productivity. All right? So there are real benefits in, in, in actual costs that go along with a well-developed uh, layer structure. Okay. So does that make sense, Rocco? I mean, if, if, if you were the owner of a design firm and, and not this brilliant technology firm that we run, but if you were running an architecture engineering, would you be nodding at me right now or, or, or just rolling your eyes at just another CAD door grambling on? No, I think it makes sense. Okay, that's good. So, all right. So since I made sense and Rocco paid me a compliment, I think now is a perfect time for us to take a quick break and hear from today's sponsor. We'll be back in just a minute with more from... The Cattle Call Podcast. All right, Rocco. Today's Cattle Call Podcast is brought to us courtesy of Civil Site Design, one of the coolest new tools to hit the site engineering and development systems in the last decade. Um, Civil Site Design is an absolutely brilliant tool. It allows you to go in and develop gratings, roadway designs, 
intersection designs, cul-de-sac designs, and just about anything you need to do in the civil site world. And it does it in Civil 3D, AutoCAD, and in BricsCAD. Any system that you're working in, Civil Site Design, is going to make your day-to-day -day workflow run a whole lot easier and a whole lot faster. It's one of the most amazing tools I have seen in a very, very long time. So we are Zentech Consultants and we are reps who sell, support, and train you on the Civil Site Design package. And we hope you guys will hit our website and see what we got. So Rocco, how do people get involved with the Civil Site Design package and find out more about it? Yeah, you'll definitely want to hit our website. It's uh, zentechconsultants.net. Uh, we offer a pretty wide variety of webinars and videos and a good amount of information. Um, and we're also happy to set up a one-on-one -on -one demo for your team, talk about it some more, show you the product in action. So again, zentechconsultants.net or give us a call, 866-824-4459. Excellent. The Civil Site Design, one of the best packages for the site and civil world out there. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, so Rocco, we were talking about layers and layer controls, and, and it's it's time for the maths again, right? Every week I like to, to, to go out, and, and I usually try and hit and get research from the interwebs uh, to share with our listeners, but there's a, there's a distinct lack of financial data out there on the Internet in terms of you know CAD standards and layer, can't, uh, layer standards and their costs and, and return on investment ROI. Uh, so I kind of have to work the numbers on my own here today. So I'm going to kind of... Did you make this up, Jim? I'm making it up as I go. Are you kidding me? Like I do most things. Um, oh, you boy. You don't know that I can actually do maths. You know, I'm, I'm out here. I got my socks and shoes off so I can count beyond 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So so speaking of that, right? So I'm going to work and, and we're going to work on a, a base 10-person design staff because, you know, I really am a simple guy and I, you know, find it multiplying by 10. is just a lot easier for my limited brain. So... Let's, let's let's take a look at this, uh, yeah, and and again, I really want to bring this in into into scope for uh, folks who are at you know the the executive and C level position, the the decision makers to to start thinking about why it's really important to get involved in building a good solid layer standard. All right, so let let's make an assumption. So if we assume that it's going to take a full week, right, a full forty hour week for your CAD manager to go in and develop a solid layer standard and deploy it through all your templates and get those out to your people. We're going to give them a full week to do that, which is perfectly reasonable. Um, so if we take that, that's a 40-hour work week, and we're going to go by, uh, you know, I went out and I did a quick look at Indeed and Glassdoor and found out, you know, your average CAD manager is making 35 bucks an hour. Um, so if we do the math there, all you're really investing there is $1,400, okay, to, to get that layer standard built and put in place. Now, like I said, the thing that concerns people is they're always worried about what time they're going to lose, right? People have to get used to the new standard. They have to adapt it and, and learn how to use it. And so, fine, if we were to go in and say, look, it's going to, you know, take them three hours. It's going to additional three hours worth of, of uh, time each week for four weeks. After four weeks, that's a month. They've got it down, right? So if we take our 10-person firm and we take and we multiply, you know, to three hours a week times 10 designers times... Uh, their standard rate, again, from you know, Indeed and Glassdoor, which is about 21 for, for your basic design drafter, uh, times four weeks, right? that's 25.20, or total investment is $3,920. And the thing to remember here is that that's not really an expense. You're not writing a check for, for you know, the, the 3900 bucks. That's just slowdown. It's lost time. Right? So it's not a true expense. It's just a, a little bit of an overhead thing. 
right? But here's where you have to look at the return on investment for this. And a good layer standard can easily save you four hours of work per person each week, easy, without even thinking about it. But just because I like to do conservative when I'm making up the maths, um, we'll say it just saves each of your users two hours a week. That's all it is. It saved them, you know, two hours. So if you, again, you take your two hours a week times your 10 designers times 21 bucks an hour, right? 52 weeks in a year. That means this year your return on investment, right? You're going to invest your, your three grand at two hours. It's $21,840 a year. And let's be honest, like I said, it really should be double that, right? It should be closer to $45,000, $50,000 a year. And, and the, the thing that, to keep in mind there is that that doesn't include, that's just your actual expenses, right? And dealing with your, your design staff. And that's where, like I said, the executives, the management go, ah, it's just you know overhead for the CAD guys. It's not that big of a deal. That doesn't include all the time and the effort that you're going to save in collaborating with all of your business partners and the other companies you work with. That can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. It doesn't include include all the money that you save on having to, you know, reissue, replot, redevelop, and send out all of those incorrectly plotted documents because your layer standards aren't built and structured the way that they really should be. And it also doesn't include all of the additional revenue that you're going to get from happy customers who want to work with you on the next job right? because they find that your designs are consistent, they're easy to use, easy to read, okay? And listen, let, let, let me tell you, when you stop and, and just this the simple aspect of not looking silly in front of the client, not having to go back and resubmit documents to the you know local town for a permit because your your layers got turned off by mistake and the things that they told you had to be on your plan aren't there. And that delays your whole project by six to twelve weeks. That's immense costs. Like I said, you know, the, the layers they get discounted as something that's only relevant to the CAD guys. And in reality, they're a vital component of your whole job. Bad layer structures can add millions of dollars of cost, all your profit, getting eaten up because you didn't have a standard layer system with an easy-to-use layer state that made sure things were being printed and put out exactly. Okay? Um, so again, you know, and, and like I said, Rocco, you know, kind of going back to the question that I asked you earlier, Right? And you kind of already answered this, right? Which is, you know, the, these senior staff people, those C-level folks, right? they don't show any interest in the CAD standard. It's not even on their radar. Um, you know, beyond this this brilliant podcast that we're doing here today, is there a way to, to put this on their radar? Is there a way to really get them interested and to pull them into this conversation in a meaningful way? Oh, I think it's 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 a matter of uh, a repetition of putting it in their in their faces more more often. I mean, we certainly have a number of discussions with uh, with, with our customers and, and, and prospects, and um, at some level, often more often than not, honestly, our conversations get stalled because you know when I follow up with with prospects, they say, you know, you you guys are absolutely right. We we love the discussion we had and. Or having an internal discussions, and it's just a little little bit of a challenge to try to change change the ways. Um, but it's it, it's definitely uh, worth having the discussions. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's important, right? And and, and you know, the thing to understand is you know here at Zentech, 
Um, we work all the time with our clients to develop and update their CAD standards, their layer standards, their templates. It's a really big part of what we do. We do a lot of you know technical consulting on the CAD side. Um, but what I see on the tech side, I see that even a lot of the largest and most progressive companies out there in the design world are still working with standards that they developed decades ago. Right? Those those were developed for older design systems, you know, CAD systems and 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 programs that you haven't used for 15, 20 years. Right? Even though they may have the same name, the same manufacturer, they're completely different packages. Right? And and those people are still really reluctant to even discuss changes. And I find that a lot of the folks who are, are most fearful um, are the guys who are in charge of the CAD systems, right? And, and I'm looking at you, CAD managers, who are out there listening to me today. I'm looking right at you. I, I think the issue is that there's fear that it makes it look like the standards they had were wrong or that they made mistakes in what they've been doing for so many years. Right? And, and, and I think it's really important that management needs to understand here that there's no mistake there. The the standards that we developed for software systems 15 years ago, they're just outdated. They need to be updated and changed and reviewed as better, smarter, faster software, technology, hardware. As, as, as the, the whole design process gets better, you need to update your standards to match that. It's just like, uh, you know, if, if you think about an analogy, if, uh, it's like cars. There was a time when every car on the planet uses let, used leaded gasoline, right? Well, nobody uses leaded gasoline anymore because our technology is improved. We run on cleaner, unleaded. It's smoother. It's better for the environment. It, it makes the cars run better. The engines last longer. The same thing is true about your CAD system, just like it is of a car. Your CAD system needs new layering standards in order to take advantage of the new processes and the new technologies that are out there on the market, right? There's not a mistake. There's not a problem. Nobody's done anything wrong, right? Nobody should be looked at badly. They made the absolute best functionality they could with the technology at hand when they built and used these, but now there's better technologies. We need to build new standards to go along with those, right? So there's an old saying, Rocco, that that I really love. Which is, you know, don't cling to a mistake just because you spend so much time making it. And I think it's a vital lesson in life. And and while I just said, right, the old standards are not a mistake. They're not, right? But it doesn't mean you should cling to those either, right? You don't want to cling to your old layer standards and your old CAD standards just because you spent years making them, right? That concept is the same regardless of whether you're dealing business CAD or day-to-day life. Right? And I think that kind of sums up everything I wanted to talk to about today on layers. Anything you want to throw in here, Rocco? Oh, no. Jim's next episode will be on life's lessons. Life's lessons. I, You know, I have brilliant life lessons to share with everyone, but they just don't want to listen. So be sure <laughs> not to tune in. Oh, yeah. That's great marketing. Thanks. <laughs> you know, you're so bad at helping us sell the podcast. I got to work with you on this. Life lesson number one, don't listen to Rocco. <laughs> All right, so we're going to sign out of here, but I do want to remind everybody that our next podcast is going to be on BIM versus 3D. What is the difference? All right, other than that, thank you guys for joining us. Say goodbye to everybody, Rocco. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody, today's Cattle Call. 
was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net. Or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.